We are recording this episode on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territories of the Squamish, Tsleil-Waututh, and Musqueam nations. Hi, I'm Lucy. My pronouns are she, her. I'm Daphne. My pronouns are she, her. And we're here to talk about the messy middle of owning a business, the stuff you don't see on Instagram. This podcast is brought to you by Salt Design Co., a brand and web design studio focused on strategic design to help you grow your business. Hello, everybody. We have Ben Owens with us today. Thank you for being here, Ben. If you could introduce yourself, your pronouns, and what it is that you do. Hi, everybody. My name is Ben. I'm really excited to be on the show today on the podcast. Um, My pronouns are he, him. And I'm a commercial photographer here in Vancouver, but I like to say that I do much more than that. I connect people to their to their vision and their brand. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, we'll probably dive into that a little bit later today, but it's just always on the show. We always just kind of start like, what were you doing before business and all of that? So let's jump into that. Um, how long have you been in Vancouver for? Clearly, you don't sound like you're from Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I'm very south of the border uh, from Australia, uh, and I've been in Vancouver for, uh, this will be coming out my 10th year in November. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, quite a while, and I haven't quite lost my Aussie accent yet. No, no, I don't, I don't know if that ever goes away. I mean, <laughs> that's just... Wear it a- like a badge. Wear it like a badge. Exactly. What, <laughs> yeah. brought you, what brought you here? Well, it was actually a Canadian who I met whilst I was living in New Zealand. So I was living in New Zealand for... Uh, again, 10 years. So I moved to New Zealand in about 2001. And then I, uh, I, I had a business in New Zealand. We can get into that probably later on as well, but uh, I probably started my entrepreneurship in New Zealand. And then I met a Canadian in about 2011. And then uh, I followed him out here. And uh, yeah, so that's how I got here. So, oh, I wow. here. so what kind of business did you have like in New Zealand? Uh, I've worn a lot of hats, but it, the, the business I specifically had in New Zealand was a coffee shop. So I had that for four years in uh, the South Island of New Zealand, down in down in the tourist resort, resort of Queenstown, down in the South Island. Oh, that is wild. I feel yeah, like totally. we are, uh, I'm suddenly feeling very similar to you and connected because I used to be a head barista um, and supervisor of a cafe. And I also did a dabble in photography for a while so I'm like kindred kindred spirits right here you you guys are alternate timelines of each other (laughs) yeah I'm not gonna lie I was also barista in Auckland New Zealand for a while so uh, I love Auckland Auckland's a great town yeah for sure oh very cool so I feel like we've just done the same commonwealth life (laughs) yep 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 flat flat whites all the way (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah Sweet. So then you came here and then this is, this is where we all kind of get to know you now because that's, yeah, cool. um, we do, we do always do that LinkedIn kind of sweep of your, of what I found. And so now I see you have a diploma in commercial photography. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. Can you kind of explain like what it means to be like a commercial photographer? Yeah, I would say, so the term commercial to me, uh, if you're, if you're getting paid by a company, um, to produce assets to promote their business or for them to generate sales or whatever you're in the commercial world so basically if you're if you're getting paid for something to to uh for a service that's going to provide income um return for your customer then to me that's commercial photography right that make, makes a lot of sense actually um, broad umbrella yeah, yeah. Broad. like how did you kind of choose that as what you wanted uh-huh. to like a diploma in 
Well, so uh, so I used to work at uh, an apparel industry in Vancouver, like a lot of us have. So I worked for Lululemon for, um, gosh, seven years. So my journey from New Zealand, I, after, I, after I finished with my cafe, I worked at New Zealand, uh, one of the first New Zealand Lululemon showrooms in the South Island. And uh, I became very good friends with the manager there. And, and, and we kind of created a bit of a career strategy for me. At the time, I just photographed as a hobby. I, I didn't shoot it. Um, with, a, with a career intention. So I went to Lululemon and ended up in, in uh, Vancouver working in their Robson Street location and then their head office working in their retail operations department. So working in a very uh, logistical inventory um, project management kind of role, which I, which I really loved um, and a team environment, but it wasn't, it wasn't scratching my creative or my entrepreneurial spirit. Like I'm a pretty, uh, I'm a pretty solo operator. I like to play by my own rules. And so and what's great about Little Lemon, they tend to push you in the direction of what it is you actually really want to do. So, so I got really real with myself in my, well, my early 30s, I guess, that like, okay, what is it that I can do and leverage that I really enjoy and turn it into a career? So I started shadowing a few photographers at, the, at Lululemon and sort of in the studio there when they're doing some e-com photography. And I think because I had so much access to a lot of their... Um, their, their ambassadors, like for the, for, for the people in the fitness industry, I tended to pivot my style, I guess, just by default over to active lifestyle, um, which then kind of in turn, I started targeting businesses like gyms and studios and other premium apparel brands until I built up enough um, client base and income that I could quit my full-time job at Lululemon and then tip on over into full-time commercial photography. And when I say commercial, I still shoot portrait as well, portrait and, and uh, creative stuff as well, but commercial would be my bread and butter for sure. That's wild. Did you ever think that you were going to become a photographer in your wildest dreams? <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh my gosh. Way back in my early, like early twenties, I, I, I loved it. And, and, and I used to shoot like nature photography and stuff here and there in Australia just for fun. And I thought, wow, this is something that really excites me and the, the creative process, the, the, the logistical process of pulling it all together and, and the mechanics of it all and just the beauty of life. I, I was just drawn to it. Mm -hmm. And I guess, but I never, I never thought I could make a career out of it, but here we are. Yeah. So I guess then you starting your own business kind of happened quite organically with just the progression in Lululemon and the shadowing and all of that. That's really neat. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it definitely was, it was a risk, like leaving a pretty cushy job into, into stepping into freelance world in a marketplace, which I didn't actually know that well. So it felt, it felt really scary, but I had a ton of support from people who were, who were behind me. So it made it a little easier. Yeah. I was going to say it must have felt really daunting and scary, but oh, you have had a business in the past, like you said, so there must have been some skills that you were able to transfer and like that fear maybe yes. wasn't as big as your excitement and like totally 100 I, I i like i would say that my my tolerance for risk because i my coffee shop in new zealand didn't pan out the way i wanted it i failed it failed and i closed the doors on it during the during the financial meltdown of 29 2009 whatever i was 2010 and so i think the big learning for that was like okay well what's the worst that can happen you can close a business down you might have some debts to pay back but what is what is your risk tolerance like like you know i think that definitely helped helped me kind of like realize that what's the worst that can happen at the end of the day yeah closing a chapter isn't actually really like i guess that big a deal as as we make it out to be it's like oh well i still just i have a different job and i get up and just like live the same life basically <laughs> just like with a different yeah job. yeah true 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 yeah, true which doesn't Absolutely. make it a risk yeah 
so when you were first hunting down clients you said obviously you found a lot through just like your connections with lifestyle and fitness um was there any were you having to take on other jobs that nowadays you would be like hell no I'm not do you, you know like <laughs> have things evolved for you since then or like how is it different to in comparison like were you having to do a whole other bunch of things were you second shooting for people like how are you making it work then? Mm, really good question so uh back I would say back in the day so let's take it back five years ago I, I was pretty much taking on as much work and all types of work that I possibly could for a number of reasons. A, just to see, well, probably number one, just to see what would stick. Um, two, what did I really gravitate towards? This is before I actually landed on just sticking with sort of fitness and commercial, but what did I gravitate towards? Was it event photography? Was it, was it, was it portrait photography? Was it maternity photography? Was it, was it um, studio? portrait photography or you know fitness or whatever so I, I kind of did everything um a and b also to build up a portfolio so I could then sort of lay out the portfolio and go okay well what is the stuff that actually really resonates towards me like what am I drawn to um and then I found I found once I did that process and I built up a portfolio I found that I was really just drawn to movement you know whether, whether it was movement in in um in fitness or just movement in dance or movement in, in, in creative portrait photography, it was movement for me. So I was really kind of drawn to that. So that's kind of where I tipped into and started targeting my, my, my target base was, was movement really. Right. And how did you really focus on that target in order to get more of the clients? Were you like focusing on specific marketing strategies or just like building up different relationships in the community? Like how were you then yeah. niching into that? Yeah. So for me, a big piece was, was identifying that community and really leaning into it. Um, and I guess sort of for me, what I mean by that is like, I really leveraged back in the day, I really actually leveraged social, social media and Instagram and aligned myself with, with brands and companies like fitness studios I wanted to work with. Well, first identifying, did I want to do it? Did I want to identify with, with, uh, with, with new upstart businesses or established businesses in that space? Uh, people that you know, companies that did already have a pretty embedded um, uh, reputation and their own community. So I kind of align myself with those brands and, and do fitness classes, um, get to know them, hang out with them, um, and also just just support them through social channels as well. I would say that was my number one. Have things shifted a little bit, probably, but I would say that social strategy and and just being in the community was really how I grew that grew that market for sure. Yeah. So that was kind of just like, and I, I mean, this is a nice way, just like kind of like the long game where we're like, I do want to be involved with you in an organic way. So I'm just going to like actually just become friends with you and get to know your culture and see how I can like help along. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Like, like I think for me, you know, understanding a brand is really important. I think you can only do that when you actually sort of get at, um, like get at the cold face, like actually get in there and understand understand what actually motivates them and what is their movement philosophy what is their brand philosophy what is their message I think you know like the only way to really really dial in and probably get niche in that market is to understand it intimately that was always been my my philosophy yeah do you think that you would um because at least from what I know of you like you are pretty active yourself do you think that that's a real benefit to photographing that style of work and that it probably just makes it more natural for you to like be immersed in the industry as well because you're probably like I actually want to go to this gym and try your class yeah. I want to do this and be there too 
for sure, for sure, for sure. I, I would say that that is a, is a, is a huge reason and a, and a huge motivator for me because it speaks to kind of who I am as well. Um, you know, I, I've always said that like with, with fitness and active photography that, that, that for me, a, a great image is when, when, when the image looks really natural and, and, and the photographer really understands what the peak of the movement is or, or the peak of the emotion of the athlete, athlete, how to bring that emotion out. Like at what point if that athlete is tired and emotional and like grumpy or sweaty, like those moments in between, like I think you can only really get there if you've kind of done it yourself. That makes so much sense. And yeah, I'm sure for other types of photography, you might not need to know it. Like if you're a maternity photographer, you might not have had to have been pregnant, you know, like, but for sure. this, it's, you, like you say, you kind of need to know the movements that are coming and to be able to anticipate and really know what's going to happen so that you can capture that right, that moment. One of the, one of the biggest uh, uh, learnings I had when you talk about anticipating the moment, one, one, one of the key um, I would say the key situations I put myself in to actually understand movement and, and anticipating where the shot was going to happen is with boxing photography. Mm. So I, I, I shot a bunch of stuff for different, um, like boxing events through different, different event promoters, a good friend of mine, Anna, um, shout out to Anna for that. Uh, so she, you know, with her Alliance boxing promotions, I, I was employed to shoot a bunch of their, um, their, their, their ringside fights. And so I would, really learn how to sort of anticipate the movement, know when it's going to happen, when is the peak. So that was kind of one of the one of the main drivers, yeah. It sounds so much more technical than, you know, like you think about the technical side of photography from the lighting and all these other things, mm. but just the movement aspect alone sounds very technical and you probably have to, like how much planning goes into these shoots in terms of I want them doing like a lunge in this shot and then you know like is your shot list very specific about those types of movements mm. or let it flow so it's so situational um i approach every shoot with a with a uh, yes a shot list i would say like going in with a plan like what is like i start with the end goal in mind like how do, how do i want this story to be told or rather how what do i want the viewer to feel when they when they when they see this story and so I always approach my shoots sort of from, from the back end, sorry, from the back end is the right word, from, from, from the tail end moving backwards. So I plan out my shot list and um, with every single subject that I, that I have in front of the, in front of the camera, I, I like to have them move for me um, before I even press the, the trigger button on the camera. Like I want to see how they move. I want to see... Um, exactly the nuances in, 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 in where, their, where their leg might be when they're doing a kick. I wanna see, see how their other foot lands when it, when it hits the ground. Like is it slightly crooked? Would we have to tweak anything for the photo? Like I, I actually wanna get them moving first to see how they, to see how they move before I even touch the, touch the camera. Interesting. So how did you learn, like, was this all coming to you from practice and just learning it on shoots? Or was there anyone that was like, did you take any courses? Did you have a mentor at any time? Um, I would say, I, th I think primarily, definitely practice. Like, I think there's a lot to be said for that. I was saying, like, do something for 10,000 hours and it starts to become pretty, uh, pretty organic and you start to sort of just know for sure, but you've got to get there. So I think for me, like understand like being in conversation with the athlete and asking them questions about mm. about what they do for sure um and i would say oh yeah i, would, I did go to school i went to school at langara college here in 
in uh, Vancouver about three, four years ago. So I did their advanced studio lighting course um, and their practical lighting course. And so what that actually gave me was the hard skill to actually understand light in order to capture motion effectively, in order to use my like my strobes and my flashes to be able to like understand that so well and, and, and understand the mechanics of how they work, how the light works in relation to the subject that I didn't have to think about it on set, if that makes sense. So that when I got the hard skills and I learned, I can just go, yep, great. I, I understand how to take the photograph. Now I can just focus solely on, on that person in front of me, how they move. I don't have to worry about the technical because it's already taken care of because I understand that. Mm-hmm. I think that was the main, probably the main driver is actually having the technicals so and I can just focus on, 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 on what's in front. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, that definitely does. Is there anything else aside from courses like that that you've had to, like, what would you say your biggest investment in building and growing your business has been? Has it been, you know, investing in courses? Has it just been putting in the time to figure this stuff out? Like how, Mm -hmm. what's been that investment for you? Time, time number one. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't done a bunch of courses. I have, you know, occasional YouTube video here and there. I would say just, just time, time with my subjects. Uh, definitely leveraging um, contacts within the industry, like other photographers who are in the game and who are willing to share to share what their processes were and, and how they grew their business as well. It can be pretty it can be pretty tight lipped industry sometimes because it's pretty competitive. But but, yeah. but there are photographers out there who've been willing to like openly share and go, hey, look, this is this is what works for me. Try it out. If it doesn't work for you, great. But if not, you never know. Would you um, say that, <clears throat> that that takes a lot of patience or social skills? That because I imagine for a lot of people when they're trying to figure this out like they want the answer now they want to just like get the get it done get it going or like oh well I do x y and z on Instagram and like it sounds like this needs a bit more patience and just like yeah like social skills of meeting with people and getting the answers from them for sure patience is huge and I think I think I think also too like having having a clear a clear objective or a clear goal of what it is you want to you want to do in business like like it's tough because as creative, sometimes we, we, we just want to make pretty pictures. Like it's like, we just want to, we just want to do what we love. Sometimes it's, it feels really safe just to do what you love and not have to worry about a lot of the, of the hard skills and the business skills sometimes. But like for me from day one, my philosophy has always been about ultimately you are running a business and you're serving, you're serving a client. So, so that also means like paying the bills, right. And keeping the lights on. So for me, I always have to come back to, okay, I need to get over sometimes the maybe the anxiety of reaching out for help and just realize that for me to keep the lights on, I have to I have to run my business, and so like 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 reaching out to other photographers, um, doing what I need to do to get the skills, like shooting as much as I can to get the experience to build up to the point where I can have enough income to actually feel like oh yeah okay this is actually working now. Yeah, no, that's really cool. And then just kind of want to double back to just about commercial photography as well, because I think Mm. it's something that not a lot of people really know about. I especially don't know that much about it because to me, it's like you hire a photographer to like, you take photos, we'll put it on their website. Great. But like in this, it is very intentional. Like, can you just kind of walk us through the process of like, if someone was going to hire you for commercial photography, like what does that entail? What is involved? How is it just, it seems like a lot of extra like steps, especially around like branding that is involved. Mm Yeah, so totally. So I think I think um, number one is is let's say someone reaches out to me, a company reaches out to me on my website and says, "Hey, we love your work. Um, uh, what are your rates? When are you available? We'd love to chat to you." I'm like, 
okay, cool. So they ask for the rates all the time straight out of the gate. It's just, it's just, a, it's just a given. But for me, I think, I think the biggest part is like, I want to make sure that that if, if I'm going to do any commercial work with somebody that they're actually a brand that I'm aligned with as well. Um, so what I want to do, and I want to make sure that if I take them on is, is, is that, is that I can really, um, I can really showcase their true authentic brand voice. So I need to make sure that they're a real fit first. So, so I will always go back and sort of ask them, okay, cool. So, so before I answer any questions about rates and, and, and scheduling and all that kind of stuff, I'd like to find out what their goals are first and what they're, what they're, you know, what, what they're, what they're all about first to see if we even fit together. Um, from that point, it feels great. But then, then we start talking about, um, uh, yeah, their commercial goals, like, like, um, what assets, like how many assets do they need? What their budget is, number one. Um, budget's always always a big thing, right? Like budget is huge and bu a budget range, if you ask someone their budget range, it can range, it, it has a wild range. Like you can have, if you have a company, a large company, an apparel company who've been in the industry for many, many years, they, they tend to understand uh, what commercial photography is about in terms of rate, in, in terms of licensing, in terms of day rate versus half rate. Um, so I think what I'd like to do first is get a lay of the land from, from the client. How big are they? Have they thought about licensing and what that means? Have they thought about how long they want to use the assets for? Because I think that's the biggest distinction in commercial photography is that the assets really, they're, they're not so much just bought outright by the company. They're kind of leasing images from you for their commercial purposes. And there's a time, and there's a time frame for that and there's value for that, additional value on top of the photographer's day rate. Did I just talk in a big circle? <laughs> Did that make sense? No, it does. That does make sense, and it just like kind of pieces together really like commercial photography and how it's relevant, especially probably like for a few people that are listening to their businesses as well. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I, I think I would like to highlight too is like the distinction. You, you know, if you have a gym or a yoga studio you're just starting out, it might be small. They might have a smaller budget. Um, versus the large apparel company who sort of has a bigger budget and understands commercial photography. At the end of the day, the, the, the goal for each company is the same. The goal for each company is to purchase your assets, mm -hmm. uh, to, to, to sell to their audience and to generate an income. So, you know, when, when photographers, and I, I like to share this with new photographers starting out, but like, if you have a new business coming to you and they have a really small budget, like try and avoid falling into the trap of like, oh, okay, I'll ditch the licensing, give you these, I'll give you these images for, for this price and a smaller, a smaller rate. It's like dangerous territory because at the end of the day, the, 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 the intention is still the same. So you might want to package it in a different way and say, hey, look, if there's going to be a licensing fee, this is my day rate, but we can, we can create like a payment package for you. So, so it lessens the blow if they don't have a, the same budget as say a massive apparel company. I think the licensing aspect is definitely um amongst like small businesses our size at least mm -hmm. not known about yeah. and people do like you say just think well I'm just buying the photos right and not understanding the concept of like well you're using it for this specific reason and you're using it to make generate revenue and make money yeah. and and that licensing is even a thing mm -hmm. absolutely and and I would say that licensing too it's a really good point about size of the business which, which usually um, impacts the audience of that business, the audience size. So the licensing piece is absolutely malleable. It's not, it's not a one size, one size shop fits all, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like a, like a, like a, like a commercial business that has a large, like they want to use your photograph for the storefront of a high foot traffic store. That's going to command a higher licensing fee than say, say a small business, maybe solo operator or yoga instructor who, who really just wants to use the images for social and some of their website. 
So mm-hmm. that, you know, absolutely. Like just know that there, there is a scale for sure. Yeah. And and for yourself, when you work with like businesses, it does it, is there a range of like how involved you are in a shoot of whether like you come in on set and you're like point and click as opposed to like ideation and like art direction? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it depends on the client and the size for sure. Like, like it's, it's interesting, like the smaller the client, usually the more involved I am because yeah. they actually they actually do lean on me to to offer experience and, and expertise and sort of hold my hand and tell me, how, you know, what's going to work for me. It's very collaborative, but it's definitely more of um, my my expertise at play. But mm-hmm. if it's a larger, if it's a larger client, larger commercial client, it honestly, like, yes, it's collaborative and, and we work really, we work really um, in, in teamwork, but there's usually a whole team. There's an art director who will generally provide the direction for the shoot. So I don't really think about that other than just provide feedback and, and sort of, you know, work in collaboration with them. And there's a stylist and there'll be a hair and makeup artist. Usually yeah. my job is really just turning up on set, um, working with that team to produce produce the vision that they want ultimately. Yeah. Um, with a smaller team, it's, it's me sort of leveraging and, and sort of leveraging my skill and arranging hair and makeup and helping them with styling and helping them with brand direction. Um, do I have a preference? I like both for different reasons, but I actually, I actually do like that, 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 that creative process where I'm helping a client, um, the satisfaction piece in that when a smaller business have, have, I don't know what to do. Can you help me do this? I want to, I, I, you know, like I, I know I need these assets. I know I need to be more present on social media and my website, but I just don't know where to start. Can you help me? Sure. And, and when we nail it, and they're so happy that they're like they're in tears about how much they love what we, what we did and to me that's super gratifying like it's it's really the reason I get out of bed it's great yeah I, I think all of us become entrepreneurs for that reason of like there is a level of puzzle like that problem solving that we all like to do I think totally yeah it's almost like a, a element of having um and I mean this most generous way like having control and it's, it's like control of, of an outcome or positive outcome. It's just a really nice feeling. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to ask you, just, you do have a very distinct style. It's, it's super cool. It's just like, we look on your Instagram and it's just there, there is kind of an overarching theme about how light is done and everything. And just, where did my question go? I kind of lost my train of thought there. Was that, that, okay. that like, was that something that was evolving for you? Right. Like you did mention that it was evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, can you tell us a just to talk about that a little bit more? Uh, I would say number one, always evolving. Yeah, and, and I would say that, and I'm not alone here as as a, as a photographer. I think sometimes it can be really challenging to identify your own style. It's I feel like sometimes it can be so um, subjective because it is, and I think I don't know. I look at my work right, and I know there's a there's a there's a theme and a style there, but I, it's really hard for me. To identify it and go oh yeah that's that's my style that's uniquely me because to me it is it's just it's just how i see the world um but it's been honed and it's been refined like i know what i'm looking for against the peak moment it might be how i how i place a subject's eyes i would say that's very much what i do i have them sort of looking a lot of my portraits they're looking away or in fitness they're not looking at the camera they're looking away very much part of my work there's there's angles in my work um I used to use heavy shadows and contrast a lot in my work. I probably moved away from that a little bit, but um, you know, there's, there's, there's little pieces here and there that, that inspiration, inspiration from other photographers that I admire, absolutely. Um, and I probably just really started to hone in like, okay, so here's all these pieces that I love and here's the stuff that I'm drawn to. And I think over time, and I'll say maybe even in the last 12 months, actually, it's probably funneled more into a very 
um, uh, unique look that is mine, I guess, if that helps. Yeah, it's like, it's funny, like Daph says, you can really tell, like you see your photos and often if you're not paying attention to Instagram, it's like, oh, that's, that's Ben's photo. Mm. And yet looking at your grid, there is a range where you can see the brand coming through. How do you balance bringing in your style, your creativity with what the brand aesthetic is? Mm-hmm. It's a really good question. So I think it's, I think it's a couple of things. I think, I think, so number one, my priority is always to understand their brand first because they ultimately have to like the photographs. Like they, they like they're paying the bills. I want to have them as repeat customers. I want to make sure they're happy. So for me, I, well, these days, like back in the old days, it was a different story, but these days I don't get too hung up on, on, on whether the, the final result is going to speak to me and my brand my brand completely it needs to somewhat but i know that like ultimately i'm there to work for the client and like that distinction for me has like sort of seen my business take off once i realize okay i'm just going to take the blinkers off off of what i like and off of what of what i think the photograph should be and i'm just going to listen i'm just going to focus on 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 listening to what their vision is and I, but i do think by default because they've chosen me they see something in my work perhaps that I don't probably see as clearly, but they see something in my work that, that is distinctive. And so they want an element of, of my stuff in with their vision. And I think just by me shooting, because I have my own specific eye, like all photographers do, that, that they will just have an essence of that injected into their final product. Um, I just shot, I shot a campaign just recently with a, with, a, with, a, with a company, Vancouver company, and it was with kids. And it was in, it was in, it was, it was very much uh, not my usual work. Like it wasn't high impact athletic photography or, or, or studio lighting or all the colors and all this and all that. Like, like it was with kids, it was outside, it was with product. Um, and so I was a little bit like, oh yeah, they've, they've chosen me, but why? And, and I asked them this, yeah, because the way you capture movement, we still want movement in our shots. We still want to have that impact, but we still want to keep it kids. We still want to keep it approachable. I was like, oh yeah, okay. So at the end of the day, like it's, it's, what other people see in my work, it's not necessarily just about the fitness, but it, it, there's something there around movement and authentic movement, which 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 can apply across all different genres. I think it's a really cute photo shoot, by the way. Oh, yeah, thank you. you go check it out. It is. It makes me so happy. They're so adorable. Oh my god! I, honestly, I can't. We we just did another one for fall, and it won't be it won't be out until sort of October, mid October, and, and it's so it's so that as well. Like the kids come alive and they're jumping and they're like doing all sorts of things and it's, it's so fun so yeah it's been a really nice it's been a nice change but it's the same but it's just a nice change just working with kids kids are great they're so unpredictable yeah I think the the commonality like you say that movement but it's also just creating very interesting um like dynamic lines in the images like your eye can really kind of go diagonally across or you can see the the playfulness and the joy and the like you really feel the energy and then you also oh. throw in whatever slightly dramatic lighting you're using sometimes yeah. that, that play with shadows that you mentioned and it's like to bring the drama always <laughs> it just, yeah it feels like you can tell when you've used natural light and then maybe a combination of other lights but it always feels elevated like my mm. natural light photography was never like as dramatic and I can I really like I love that style oh, of oh, thanks and, and you know what I'll say is like it's it's not always for everybody like for, for me it's like I've tried playing with just natural photography and tried to like peel it back a little bit into like using less less uh, polish or commercial because I know it's not for every single brand, but I but I always keep coming back to like I personally just love a little bit of polish. I love a little bit it's of a color. Good blend. I love a little bit of drama. I love a little bit of an edge. Um, I like to have it pop, and it's okay if it's not for everybody. But but 
and that's and I think that's the beauty of it. Like when you understand that it isn't for everybody, that's 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 wonderful because you're not homogenized, and 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 your people will come to you for that, and 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 people that don't want that will go to someone else for for what they do, you know. And I think that's that's the beauty about finding your finding your way and 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 your niche, I guess, in your own style is that you find an audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it is, yes, like it's a more commercial style, but the blend of that natural and artificial light is also, a tr- like it's a very technical skill. It's not an easy oh, yeah, thing for sure. to do. So, and you can definitely tell just scrolling through your grid again, like the more creative shoots where maybe this was more of like a personal shoot yeah. or a friend and you having fun or something. And yeah. Very colorful, um, which is always fun to see. There's a lot of like familiar faces on your grid. Oh yeah, you will see a lot there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are some favorites. Yeah, I would say with the personal work is where um, it's where I really, really hone my craft. Actually, is in the personal shoots and the creative shoots because my personality comes through. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Um, what's the word? I'm not. I'm not handbraked by by anything really or creativity. It's just purely organic. It's purely. It's purely joyful. It's not that all my shoots aren't joyful, but it's purely from the, from the heart and from the soul and speaks a little bit of me. So that's so cool. Yeah. Um, is there anything throughout this whole process that you have kind of discovered about yourself that you weren't expecting something you've learned like oh I'm actually really good at this and I didn't expect that or maybe oh I was really bad at this and I wasn't <laughs> expecting that well surprisingly I've done I have done a couple of maternity and um, newborn shoots again with friends friends or former colleagues uh, paid or unpaid but I find I, I actually really enjoy the maternity photography like I, I very surprising for me like I, I mean I like kids and I, I like pregnancy but I wouldn't say I'm a super, super maternal person but I I don't know there's something about the there's something about the connection between between like the you know the gestational parent and and the being that's 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 being produced that I think and if you're creating a safe you know, a safe space for them to, to shoot in where they can just get really connected with what's happening to their body um, and what's inside. It's just magical. And I, I actually really enjoy the process. Like it's, it's something really, really uh, rewarding and wonderful and, and real um, and such a departure from, from commercial work that it's, that's almost diametrically opposed at the end of the day. But I don't know, I, I really, I really enjoyed the process and I really enjoyed the outcome. I really enjoy having, having that parent or parents or both. Um, I, I don't know. I just have these amazing keepsakes of something that's really, really special. Like, yeah, no, it's, it's I do enjoy that kind of work. I, I, I think what's interesting about your business and how you kind of run it is that you've kept it interesting for yourself because you're constantly kind of playing at odds and dichotomies. And I think that's really important too, to create, of the business that makes you excited to go in and be like shit we're doing something different today that's <laughs> like what i did last week and that's that's kind of like the ideal right <laughs> you know what? And, and you know what's interesting like 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 i would say when i was starting out when i was doing research and and uh, what makes a successful business or photography business or creative agency or anything like that and i'm chatting to other photographers you know a lot a lot of a lot of uh, industry pros will tell you to niche down, find your specific market, and 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 be and be best in the world at that because people will know who you are for that. That's your brand identity, and that's who they'll come. That's who will ultimately uh, uh, purchase what you have. I'm like, great, okay, I understand that. Uh, I was always drawn into trying new things. Always, like I, I get bored really quickly, and I have a sort of a pretty overactive uh, brain, creative brain, a business brain. I'm always need to try something new. 
I had a, a fellow photographer friend um, a couple of years ago sort of look at my work and say, look, you do great work, but, but your style is all over the place. And like, okay. And I, and I initially took offense to that. I thought, oh, well, is my style all over the place? Like, is it consistent? Is it that? And I'm like, you know what? It's all over the place because I kind of want it to be in the sense that, in the sense that I want to try new things. And, and ultimately I'm shooting for my client and for my customer. If they have a specific style and a specific thing they want to do, I'll do it. Um, not to not to not to completely shoot myself in the foot and, and, and take it away from my style, but ultimately I'm doing it for them. Um, so my style is a little over the place. I like to try new things and satisfy my life. Oh, I have some construction happening outside. You can probably hear the drills. Is that annoying? That's okay. I think we've had little bits of it, but um, oh, okay. Oh yeah, I can hear it. Yeah, it's literally right outside the door. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry okay. about that. That's okay. Well, our last big question was just going to be about how it's been the last like couple of years with COVID and oh my you know, gosh. were you suddenly not able to be in person with people and with all the restrictions, like did you have a few months of not working? Like just generally. Yeah, totally. How's it been? One, 100%. Like it was, it was not fun. It was, it was, um, for all of us it was really hard and, and being being a service-based business like it was toast and, and with, with most of my market we're talking about being you know we just spoke about being diversified but at the end of the day 80 odd percent of my business is fitness fitness industry based and so when that industry has been hit hard over the last sort of 18 months as a lot of us have then a lot of that market for me just just fell over so you know of course I was on serve for a few months I, I, I literally in 20 like 20 what year was it 2020 when it all kind of happened so for the first sort of six to eight months like there was really nothing coming in and I had to get really clear on like shit like like this this could ruin my business like this this is this this could be the end of it so what the hell do you do so you know like I took a little bit of time to figure out what are next steps and like if I didn't do this what would I do after this um so I, I I actually created another another branch to my business, which which I haven't been focusing on anymore because I got busy and I kind of need to, I need to pick it up again. But I started a print business um, with a different genre of photography, like my niche photography, which I do on, on on the side. And so I started a I started an online an online store, print store, StanleyArt.ca, and beautiful. It's like a really great a great great product. And and you know I sold a few prints and thought, well, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to sell prints. <laughs> and then, but then interestingly, business started coming back. Um, it started coming back slowly, end of 2019. I did a couple of gym shoots with social distancing in place. We made it work. Um, very grateful for clients that were still, that were still able to do that and still able to hire me because um, you know, cash flow has been tight. And then 2021, it was, it was really slow for the first few months. And I was like, no, this is, this is too hard. I can't make this work. But um, come summer, it, it, it just picked up again. So I haven't been, I couldn't be busy. It's been amazing. So, you know, roller coaster. It's it's for all of us. It's almost a little bit around uh, just holding on and having faith in your ability and what you do, um, and not and not not sort of getting in the mindset that it's that it's you. Like you failed, or you you've you you took your eyes off the ball in the pandemic. You didn't diversify enough, and you didn't do this and that. Da, 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 da. You can go down that rabbit hole, or you can just kind of like hold on tighten the business up a little bit, uh, focus on what you do and maybe refine what you do. Um, take the time to really sort of refine your craft a little bit and maybe refine your, your target audience a little bit. I did, I did a lot of that for sure. It's hard when you need to be paying the bills, right? And you're like, yeah. well, 
what action can I take then? Um, and to see the long, like the long-term plan of like, no, it's just the pandemic. It will come mm-hmm. back. I just have to like figure out how to get there, how to write 100%, it out. 100%. And, and I think what I'll add though, is like, I think the biggest lesson now that, I, that, I, that I've learned it's through this business, but also my, my other businesses is like, realizing that we shouldn't really have our eggs in that one basket like solely like if that's your if that's the one income coming in and freelancing world is tough because you do have these peaks and troughs and you spend a big part of your time working on the back end just editing and like updating website and doing the marketing that is really easy to take your mind off of trying to grow your business or other sources of of revenue to sort of you know or creating a little nest egg so that when it does take it take it take a turn you have something else to fall back on um so that that's kind of the focus for me these days it's like oh okay so what i learned in the pandemic is is that if i'm just having the in, the single income stream from my photography business it's not necessarily sustainable and you need to be able to like supplement that somehow if need be whatever it takes it's tough that's really i mean we're probably I mean I think most businesses like ours are in the same position right because you are trying to build and grow to the point that you're making a decent income and then you're like wait I also needed to save a nest egg how the fuck totally oh my gosh yeah yeah Yeah. 100% oh man well you've already kind of covered one of our first uh ending questions but let's uh we jump into them sure um well, yeah, the first one was what's been your biggest learning lesson, which I think you just answered really, didn't you? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that pretty much covers it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I would say that like it does. And, and I think one thing I'd love to share is because another business entrepreneur shared this with me yesterday as a reminder um, that I've just been finished. I just read a book, actually. Actually, we can get to that. That's another question. Um, but, but an entrepreneur said to me yesterday, so just remember, he said, you know, like people, people don't necessarily um, hire you for what you do. They hire you for why you do it. It's like, oh yeah, like it's like, that's a, that's a really big one. Yeah. It's like really identifying like the why behind what you do is kind of like, it sort of takes the shackles off you sort of being bound by just the product you sell or, or getting into price wars and that kind of stuff. It's like really honing in on why you do it. That's great. Yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense. Um, Lucy, do you want to hop on to question number two? Sure. Um, so then what has been your biggest triumph so far in business, would you say? Uh, I would say a triumph or lesson or like what had the, probably the biggest impact on my business and how I approach things is, is giving, I, I gave up the comparison trap for sure. And I would say that came late in, in the game that came, that came about, about actually just before the pandemic. Um, I spent a lot of time, like probably obsessing way too much about what other photographers in the industry thought about, thought of my work, whether they liked my work or liked my style, um, that it probably took me off of my client and their objectives a little too much. So once I let that go and I could really focus my skill on what is it that my client desires, um, and how can I best sort of support their messaging and, and, and their vision? Once I let that go, I was like, oh, okay, great. And by default, my own stars started to develop as well. So that had probably was the biggest impact in my business for sure. Nice. Um, so what has been the biggest misconception that people have had about you or your business? Mm. Yeah, I read that question and it was a tough one because you don't know what you don't know sometimes, right? And, and but I, I would say, um, I think a conception in the marketplace or, or someone who might be in commercial photography is that is that you're constantly booked and you might make a lot of money. Um, 
not always the case. That's so seasonal, right? And I think if COVID, and not, even without COVID, it's still seasonal. Like, or, or sometimes you, you're at capacity. Like, if you if you're commercial, but you look after a lot of the back end stuff and a lot of the retouching yourself, well, then you, your time and your capacity to earn is quite capped. Yeah. And so, like, people might think that you're pretty you're pretty busy all the time and rolling in dough, but for me, at least, it's not the case. Yeah. I make a living, but I'm not I'm not a millionaire yet. Yeah, and I also think too, just from I don't know if anybody really knows just how much time is spent behind the scenes. Everyone just thinks you come in, point a bunch of things, and then voila, here's a crap load of photos for you to take. Oh my God. The old, you know, like the old 80-20 rule. I always say that you should, what what is it? I forget forget that saying now, but like I would say 80% of what I do is literally behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. you know, and 20% shooting if I'm lucky, that's 20%. I think that's a misconception actually that you can spend all that time. I want to be a photographer. Great. I'm going to shoot all the time. I'm going to live into my passion. I'm going to shoot. I'm going to shoot all the, I'm going to shoot every day. It's like, well, if you shoot every day, you're going to, A, you're going to burn out. B, you're never going to have time to develop your style and develop your, your backend processes and to grow your business. So like, I think that's the biggest misconception is that you spend all the time doing what you love and perhaps not as much admin work, but you do a lot of admin for sure. I mean, I think that's pretty common in all creative. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. You're just like romantically sketching or whatever. You're like, no, nope. <laughs> I'm, totally. nope. I'm gonna yeah. go in the nature and take all these shots yeah, every other right. day. Like, yeah, like it's not, it's not as pretty as that. No, nope, definitely not. Um, so, what have you been liking or watching, reading, listening to lately that's bringing you joy? Oh, uh, so what I've been watching? Oh my gosh! So my dad. My dad, my dad, like my dad's a hot, very interesting character in Australia. It's pretty wild, but he he got me onto a Netflix series called Shameless because he loves it. Yeah. And I don't know. If, oh, I think it's frozen. Can you still hear me? Yes. I can still hear you, yeah. Oh, are you there? Yes, there we go. Sorry, I froze. I don't know yeah. how much you got of that last You were saying Shameless. Oh, yeah. So it's the TV series that my dad loves on Netflix. He got me watching that because it's very, it's very my dad. It's, it's, it's a, I don't know, are you familiar with it at all? Do you know Shameless? The, I've seen the, the UK, I've seen a few versions of the, or the seasons of the UK one. It's very stressful. It's, it's really stressful. It's quite, yeah. it's quite the watch, but my dad loves it. And so sometimes I put it on because it reminds me of my dad and his, <laughs> his wildness. And so yeah. that's, that's kind of fun. Um, I've been reading, there's two books I've been reading. One business book is, is funnily enough, it's like Know Your Why by um, uh, Simon Sinek. And I think yeah. that's a really good His read TED Talk is, is great as well. Yeah, it's so great. Like, like, I think if you're really struggling about what it is that you do in the world, whether you're in business or just, just in life in general, um, just listening to his TED Talk or, or reading that book is like so great, just as a refresher. Um, and the other book I've been reading for, for pleasure, I would say, or for fun, is uh, American Dirt, um, which is a really, I forget the author, she's amazing, but it is about um, about uh, a migrant mother and child who are leaving the, it's actually it's a pretty heavy read, I wouldn't call it a fun read, but it's a, it's a mother and son who are trying to get, trying to leave the cartels of Mexico and escape across the border, but it's an amazing read, That's, yeah, it's so good, so good. Wow, what was that, what was the name of that again? American Dirt. American Dirt. Yeah, look it up. I forget the author. It's, I can see if it's on my table, but I think it's in my bedroom. Uh, Janine Cummins. Oh, I recognize the yeah. author. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Really heavy read. It, like the first chapter is, oh, it's tough. It's really hard. It's, it's very, it's trauma. It's trauma-based. It's pretty traumatic. Um, but it's very, it's very um, current in the sense of like, 
oh my gosh, like what is happening on the border right now? Uh, and I think, you know, it just highlights the fact that like, yeah, we get busy in business and we're trying to grab those businesses and all that kind of stuff, but there's a whole bunch of stuff happening in the world that needs attention. So mm -hmm. it's a good, it's a good read and a good, a good, a good reminder. Okay. Sweet. Absolutely. All right. Um, what do you do for fun? That's just for you. No mm. money attached and none of that. <laughs> uh, I think it's fun, but I, 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 for me, fun is, is getting outside doing those, I don't know, stressful things like running, swimming and cycling. Not stressful. That those are things that I do to relieve stress. Like I, I love to be on the bike or in the water. Um, that's really fun for me. That's kind of where I find myself. I'm, I love my own company. I, I'm pretty, pretty introverted, uh, really. I, I love my, my own time, and that's kind of where I go to find my peace. Mm -hmm. um, that's where I recharge. Last week, I went to Pender Island for just an impromptu getaway on my own. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Just need to do this more. Yeah. Like those little weekend getaways, just on your own, time to recharge. That's, yeah, that's what I do. Sweet. So nice. Okay, from here, where can people come and find you if they want more? Oh, okay. So the usual, good old Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got to break the habit. Like, I know there's more out there than that. Like, uh, you know, like TikTok, I'm not on there, right? but I, I think I should be. I don't know if I should be. Um, <laughs> me dancing in front of a camera and trying to sell my wares so is really not what I do. But <laughs> Instagram is a great place to start. Um, if you want to visit my website, absolutely go and check out benalsphotography.com and send me a note. Um, you know, or just, yeah, 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 yeah. That's kind of it, really. <laughs> the only two channels I can't operate out of right now. Yeah, well, we'll link everything. We'll find it all for you. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, great. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, no problem. All right. Thanks for joining us then, Ben. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is really great. I hope I hope uh, your listeners got some got, got a few little nuggets to take away. Absolutely. And, yeah, yeah awesome. definitely. Yeah. Okay, we're just going to do our little outro then because uh, we're lazy and we don't pre-record this stuff. That's okay. <laughs> Fresh every time. It's, it. it's gonna sound it's, it's authentic. It's authentic. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. For more from us, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Just search for the messy middle, and you'll see our faces. And if you enjoyed this episode or any of our others, would really appreciate a review, maybe a five star rating. And you can find us on Instagram at Messy Middle Pod and at Salt Design Company. And if you would like to send us any comments, topics, or guest suggestions, you can email us at messymiddlepod at saltdesignco.studio. For more information, check out our website, saltdesignco.studio slash messymiddlepod. Out there, you can find our episode list as well as any additional info about our topics and our guests. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, friends, we are going to be okay.